How are you doing on this beautiful Thursday? My name is Pastor Josh. This is our midweek podcast. This is episode eight. And today we're continuing our Close Encounter series, and we're going to be talking about a guy named Peter. See, the thing with Peter, I, I think most of us, like, we know some stuff about him, and yet um, we, we know he's just a major figure when it comes to Christianity. I mean, probably uh, in September, my wife and I actually went to Italy. We went to uh, the Vatican, and here is this split, you know, the statue of Peter. Uh, Paul's on the other side, but on one side is Peter. As you enter into the Basilica at St. Peter's, and um, St. Peter's, I mean, it's beautiful. It's amazing. It's, it's incredible. But this guy is this amazing figure, and lots of times we, we go about the accolades of Peter, just how big he was and how amazing he was, how much he contributed to the, the, the promulgation of Christianity around the world, I mean, what he did for so many, you know, different things. He was the, the rock that, that Jesus had talked about in terms of he was going to establish his church, and then you look at Acts chapter 2, and here he is preaching to a bunch of people uh, after he's just betrayed Jesus, and I mean, it's, it, it's an amazing story. But I think what is even cooler is what Pastor Marvin has brought out to us on, on this last weekend's sermon. In this Close Encounter series, what we're doing is we're actually looking at the life of people uh, as they encounter Jesus face-to-face, physically. Um, and here's Peter, this, this, uh, this guy who lives with Jesus, breathes, eats, I mean, does all his stuff around Jesus for about three years, and has this very complex relationship with Jesus. I mean, Peter is this guy who literally, sometimes I think he has ADHD. Uh, I have ADHD, and lots of things that he does, I I can relate with, right? I mean, he's impulsive, he says things, he's just impassioned, but can go into, like, depressions right away. Um, He's... He's this guy who literally is just thinking about how he can influence and what he can do in his life. And at first glance, I think when you look at Peter, you see this impassioned, bold fisherman that has been given this different opportunity to not just be a fisherman for the rest of his life, but to, you know, be, be somebody who follows around this rabbi named Jesus, to be a religious leader, and he takes it, and he's pumped about it, and it looks great, and yet... The way he's acting and reacting just drive you crazy when you're reading the Bible. He's not somebody that I would want to be prior to the day of Pentecost, right? I mean, he's impulsive. He's not the, he's not the hero. He's not the guy that we look to. And yet, Jesus identifies exactly who he is and trains him and disciples him in a way that leads him to become exactly who not only... Uh, we needed as a local church, as a, as a church globally. But he became this person who looked more like Jesus in the end of it. And in, in the sermon this past weekend, Pastor Marvin brought up this one point, and I think it's, it's worth spending our whole time together on. He said that Jesus sees who you can become, and he's with you in the journey of becoming more like him. What I have experienced over and over again as a pastor is that people tend to write themselves off when it comes to their spirituality. I mean, we're happy to come to church. We're happy to do all of the right stuff. I mean, we want the rules and regulations because it kind of gives us something to shoot towards. And yet, the reality is that we, 
I've met people over and over again who discount themselves, who say, you know, you know, that's fine for another person. Uh, you know, I, I, I value all of these big spiritual giants, but for me, I, I'm, I'm literally a nobody. I keep messing up. I keep screwing up. I keep struggling with the same things. I keep getting mad at my kids when, you know, I probably shouldn't get mad at my kids. I keep, uh, you know, my heart continues to wander in ways that just aren't healthy and good. And, you know, I've kind of discounted myself. And so I'm happy to just be the average pew sitter that just, you know, comes to church every once in a while and uh, does all that. But really, at the end of the day, I'm no spiritual giant. I'm, I'm, I'm really a nobody uh, in general. And we, we don't say that stuff out loud, but that's how many of us feel. See, the truth is, this is exactly how Peter felt, especially in the encounter that he has with Jesus in John 21. Here he's in John 21, and Jesus has resurrected, and he's gone back to being a fisherman, because really that's all he knows how to do, and he's just kind of discounted himself from being somebody who could ever continue the great name of Jesus, right? And... Jesus finds him, and he doesn't give up on him. I mean, Peter is this arrogant guy who says things that he shouldn't, who jumps to conclusions, who is very impulsive, and who you know, could cause a lot of damage, and yet Jesus does not give up on him. Even after he's caused damage, he doesn't give up on him. The reality for you and I is that Jesus hasn't given up on us either. He sees who we can become. I think that's one of the most freeing truths on the planet. That through the example of Peter, we can see that the same thing happens to us on a, on a, on a daily basis. Jesus does not give up on you. He sees who you can become, and he's with you in the journey to becoming more like him. I mean, this idea that all of a sudden you give your heart to Jesus, and then the next day, you're going to be the saintly person that looks like Mother Teresa or, you know, uh, this, uh, somebody who's a you know, father of the faith. is crazy. We approach our spiritual growth completely different than we do our physical growth. And yet they parallel the, each other. And here's, here's what I mean. You don't expect somebody who's just been born, like a brand new baby, to walk the next day. We don't expect that. We expect that somebody who's a child who's just born is going to be drinking, you know, breast milk for, for a while. We expect that at some point within a year, they might attempt to start walking. By two years old, we're, you know, we're, they, they might be starting to speak in sentences, you know, at least coherently. By the time they're five, they're going to school you know, by the time they're teenagers, you know, we don't expect them to be able to handle all the emotions and all the changes inside of their bodies. And so we don't give them as many responsibilities as we would to you know, an adult. And by the time they're in their 20s, we have different expectations for them. We look at them differently. By the time they're, you know, 30, 40 years old, we, there's, there's a whole different set of growth patterns and what, a, what does that person become? And then 60, 70, 80 to death. I mean, we literally understand that it takes time for people to grow, to change, to mature, to become full-grown, stable, functioning adults, physically. But the reality is that that is also true spiritually. A few weeks ago, we looked at Nicodemus and how this whole idea of being a born again, lots of times, you know, we, 
we don't really we don't really function the way that we should in terms of understanding that. And it comes to this whole point of this idea of being born again, metaphorical, it's a metaphorical idea, and yet there's a reality that when you come to Christ, you are born again. So there's a rebirth, everything is brand new, and yet we expect people to go from brand new life to full maturity in Christ overnight, and that's not realistic. We put that on ourselves all the time. I'm not where I should be. Well, you... The reality is you'll never be where you should be. You should always be growing and moving forward. And yet what happens for many of us is that we start stunting ourselves, right? Because we're not reaching particular benchmarks that, that we think we should reach when we think that we should reach it, we've, we've created this culture in a lot of Christian circles where we stop bringing Christ into our growth patterns. We expect to grow on our own. As long as I'm doing all the right stuff, I should grow. And yet, the joy of growth in Christ is that Jesus is with us in that growth. He sees who we should be. He, he, he knows who we should become. And the process is called sanctification. I mean, it's really this, this big theological word for he is making us more into his image or making us look like Jesus every day. The Holy Spirit is what does that. And so the day that you come to Jesus is the beginning stages of you looking more like Jesus over time. I mean, it takes time. It literally is something that is not going to happen overnight, and yet we expect it to. And so can I just encourage you, if you're listening to this, be patient with yourself. You might not necessarily be where you want to be at this particular point in your spiritual life, but the reality is that you're on your way somewhere. And here's, here's the other thing that we never consider, is that lots of us end up dis disqualifying ourselves and just saying, you know what, I, I, there's, I'm just going to keep going to church. I'm just going to let other people kind of grow in, in Christ. And yet, the reality is that if you've stopped reading your Bible, if you've stopped praying, if you've stopped seeking God about stuff, trying to have a relationship, you have stunted your own growth. And so you are, are actually not growing. And if you're not growing, you become the stagnated person that becomes crystallized in a particular time when you were growing. And so, so the trajectory for growth has to be, you know, if you look at a graph, it's, it's from bottom left to top right. See, we think it's all about going straight up to top right from bottom left. And yet the reality is if we did that, we would be exhausted. And so there's going to be seasons of your life, of your spiritual growth life, where you plateau. And it's in those plateau seasons that you should figure out ways, the difference, you know, that, that it might take to be able to grow in a trajectory towards the top right. Your stagnated point, your, your, your stunted point, your, your, the, where you feel stuck, all it means is that you have to figure out, with the Spirit's help, how you can continue to grow. And again, if, if our spiritual lives parallel our, um, our physical lives, the reality is at some point you're going to have to change the way you do certain things so that you can grow healthy, right? So just like a baby has to transition to actual food, at some point you might have to transition the way you're taking in God's word because it's not necessarily feeding you the same way that it used to. It's not that God's word is irrelevant. It's that the way that you're taking in that information from the foundation that you've built now has to change to something else so that you can grow um, spiritually. So a practical example of this is like maybe you've been reading the, the King James Version for a long time, for the last, you know, 20 years. Maybe you've been reading the NIV. Sometimes literally just switching up the translation that you're reading gives new life and you take in God's Word in a different way.
There's nothing wrong with that. Breast milk and physical food, both of them are still food. Just They just come in different mediums. So translations, it's the same word and yet of, of God, and yet just switching up the translation might actually help you grow in your faith a little bit more. It could be as simple as changing the time of day that you pray. Maybe you've been praying in the morning for years and years on end, and you just feel like it's just become this pattern of doing things. Maybe it's time to switch up the way you do it. Maybe where you do it. All you know, Anything that you have to do to be able to project growth back to the top right of that graph again of your spiritual life. But again, in all of that, be patient with yourself. What we do so often is when we get to this plateau season of our spiritual lives, we end up giving up. We think that either God is not listening or that we're, uh, you know, not, not sufficient enough. And yet what it is, it's, it's kind of working through that season to get to the next season of growth. And there's nothing wrong with that. Maybe you're in a season where you're doubting certain things. Okay, so you're doubting stuff. But if you don't do anything to get through that season, if you just stay there, you'll end up getting stuck and you'll become bitter. And if you're listening today and that's where you are, you feel bitter? Listen, Jesus is literally with you right now, physically with you because of the person of the Holy Spirit that's inside of you. He wants to get you through this particular season of your life. You see, when you've given up on yourself, when everybody else might have given up on yourself, maybe you're in a season where, you know, you've done some things that are not okay, and you've been a believer, you just know stuff, but you got so uh, disenfranchised with either the church or with, you know, a family member or whatever it is, and you you just don't know where you find yourself anymore. Jesus is able to find you in the middle of all of it. I mean, he's with you in the middle of all of it. He sees who you can become. And he's never given up on you. And if you're willing to walk through all of this, he'll reinstate you. I mean, look at exactly what he did to Peter. Peter denied him three times, and then in John chapter 21, he reinstates him. He, he asks him the same question three times. And really, it's a statement, and this is what Pastor Marvin was saying this weekend. It's a statement about how Jesus can transform the regrets and the awfulness of the stuff that we've done in our past. Because he sees who we are, he can transform all of those things in lessons for us to learn so that we can go into the next season of life, be reinstated, and do exactly what he wants us to do, and become who he wants us to be. You are not a discarded. You have not been discarded by God. You have not been discarded by other people. The only person that's discarded you is yourself. So the encouragement together as a group is to figure out, look, listen, if you're in a small group today, the encouragement for you is to figure out, why have I been doing that? You see, God doesn't even, God thinks more about you than you think of yourself. He believes in you. He wants to see you healed and restored. And he wants to see you moving forward. But the hard part is lots of times because of the stuff that we have done, we end up beating ourselves up so badly that God's voice 
seems a million miles away, and yet it is so close to you. It is, it is right beside Maybe you're listening today, and you never even thought about that, that you've discounted yourself. You've thrown yourself away, and God hasn't even thrown you away. So if you're in your small group, and the Holy Spirit is kind of tugging at your heart that you are this person, you're, you're a person who's thrown themselves away, who's discounted themselves, who has written themselves off over time. I, you know, if I can encourage you with anything, share that with your group. As a group, pray for one, an, one another so that you would have the perspective of heaven when it comes to yourself. If you're listening to this and you're all alone, whether you're in your car or you're at the rink or, you know, wherever you are, I want to encourage you. Jesus sees who you can become, and he's with you in the journey of becoming more like him. He hasn't written you off. He hasn't thrown you away. You might be in a tough season, but what his promises are is that he will be with us, that he's for us, that he's not going to just baby you through it, but that he's going to give you what you need to be able to make it through the season and not only survive it, but thrive in it so that you learn the lessons that you need to get to the other side. When he says you are more than a conqueror, he means it. When he says that no weapon formed against you is going to prosper, he means it. He means it. And if we look at the biblical history of how he took care of his people, we can be reassured that he's going to take care of us too and see us through it. And you might not look like, you might not think that you look a lot like Jesus right now, but here's the beauty of it is that, you know, Jesus <laughs> is committed to the process of making you more like him. And he's not going to give up on you. So trust that the good work that God has started in you, he's going to see to, to its end. And its end is not in this life. The end is in the next life when you, you are perfected and made whole. I mean, it's this whole sci-fi um, theology that Christianity has that sometimes we, we move away from. But the reality is that the more you grow in Christ, yes, you will look more like Jesus. But someday he is going to absolutely change, transform not only your body, but your mind, your soul, who you are. He's doing that right now. Your eternal life, like I've said over and over again, that it starts the day, it started the day that you said yes to Jesus. And over time, he is transforming you into the image of his son. Romans 8, 29 says. Be confident in that. Trust in that. Thank you so much for listening I hope that you've been enjoying these podcasts. Would you consider subscribing? You can do that at elamchurch.podbean.com or you can go to iTunes, search up Elam Church, and we are the first church that shows up there. Also, you can find all the information for our church at elamchurch.ca. If you're wondering about any of one of our programs, we'd be more than happy to talk to you. Um, you can contact us at any time. We, we live and we breathe to serve you. So if there's any way that we can do that, we'd be more than happy to. Uh, have a great rest of this Thursday, and we'll see you next week. Questions for this week will be attached to our Podbean site, so make sure you check those out. Hey, he hasn't given up on you. He sees who you can become, and he's with you in the journey of becoming more like him. 
Have a great week.